The WSB 24-hour breaking news center is on alert. alert. Immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, traffic red alerts from Cobb to Cherokee, Carroll to Gwinnett, Fulton to Forsyth, and all the rest. All the rest. WSB. WSB. Depend on it. It's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, Dow down 588 for the day. Now on the close, closing bell has just uh, happened. Unbelievable roller coaster ride, it down nearly 600. Jamie Dupree is the most connected man in Washington. We now have about four straight days of uh, major sell-offs, triple figures, and uh, not looking good at the stock market. Donald Trump went out there today in an Instagram post and said, uh, as I've long stated, uh, we're so tied into China and Asia and their markets, they're now taking the U.S. market down. Get smart. Yeah, uh, Trump, uh, as always, sort of seems to be a step ahead on social media of the other candidates, which I find very interesting. It makes me, well, there's two things maybe from that. One, his people see social media and he sees it as a more immediate way to get his message out and get attention that the others just don't. And two, he may be running so much more of a hands-on, you know, as the, the guy running, also doing his social media that maybe the others, it's a bit too convoluted in terms of getting them to sit down for a video or do something like that. I find it really interesting as a reporter how much news Trump is able to drive about himself and about, you know, taking jabs at others or like this little Instagram video that the other candidates are not able to do. I've been saying this for years, Jamie. I do not trust the stock market. I think the fundamentals of our economy and the world economy are extraordinarily weak. There's way too much debt out there. And not only that, governments have been too free to lend money to people that are not likely to pay it back. They're doing it again. Look, if you think China is a major economic bubble, uh, this might be a significant negative development economically, not just for them, but for us as well in the long term. We won't be able to answer that. Uh, you know, without seeing what happens soon. I, I do think it's 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 very right to ask what happens if the markets go haywire for a little while politically. Uh, look, I, I think that the basic kind of thing that happens is if things go good while you're in office, you get a lot of the acclaim, even if you don't deserve it. That's just sort of the way it is. If things go bad, you get a lot of the blame, even if you don't deserve it. I mean, just look at Herbert Hoover. I mean, forever stained with the, the, the crash of the markets during his administration. It almost doesn't matter what you want to write about him or find out about him. He gets stuck with that. So I think if the Obama administration, if we see a significant downturn, it certainly cannot work to the advantage of, uh, of whether it's Hillary Clinton or other Democrats that would be running in 2016. Uh, I got to tell you, if you look at China last night, the Shanghai Daily Composite lost 8.5% of its value. Uh, this is a look at the price of crude now drop below thirty eight dollars a barrel lowest price uh, on on record for a number of years here. And uh, of course, now we're getting to the point where people have to wonder if we plunge seven percent in a day, whether or not that's going to trigger a stoppage in selling and and then real fear grip real sure fear does grips it just keep circling the globe every day no. uh, i mean absolutely we had the uh, things went haywire at the beginning this morning we were down over a thousand points and then rallied back i think at one point it was down only about 120 and then went the wrong way at the end today uh the the reaction in political circles here usually what happens when we have these major sort of gyrations on the markets very little is said by the administration in charge whether it's democrat or republican they just sort of don't want to get involved uh the white house tried to sort of say today well look 
don't worry about China, worry about our fundamentals. And Josh Ernest argued at the briefing that the fundamentals of this economy are in much better shape than they were in 2008, though uh, there were some chuckles when I think it was John Carl who asked, uh, are, you know, would you say that the fundamentals of this economy are strong, which was, of course, a line from the 2008 race. Well, the big story is uh, Vice President Al Gore comes back from vacation early. Has this big meeting with Elizabeth Warren. No, no, no. Joe Biden, not Al Gore. I, I'm sorry, not Al Gore. I'm, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Joe Biden comes back uh, from vacation early. Al Gore's on a permanent vacation. What, what are you <laughs> talking about? What am I talking about? Look, uh, uh, this, uh, these leaks about Biden, I think, uh, Sean, uh, you know, just watching it last week, being off last week and watching it from afar, these leaks about the vice president are not happening just because. Biden didn't meet with Elizabeth Warren just because the news of that didn't get leaked out to reporters over the weekend. Just just because because. he could have had a private meeting and nobody would have known. Could have called her up on the phone. We were talking about this up here today. Why? Why did you know? Why was there the uh, necessity to have an in-person meeting? Why did he came down unannounced on the train? On Saturday, back from Wilmington, where he was, to go to the vice president's house here in D.C. to meet with her. She flew down, evidently. And, you know, there's more. There, There's leaks today about, well, he's going to meet he, the vice president, after Labor Day with a bunch of money fundraisers from the Democratic Party. You know, these leaks aren't coming out just because. And then today. Josh Ernest. Yeah, Josh Ernest, and it's one of those things as a reporter, this is really hard to, I think, get across to sort of people who aren't in journalism. But there are times when you're sitting there as a reporter and you're in another briefing and you're just listening for anything that's going to make a little news. And today I'm listening to the briefing and I literally just sort of sat up because there... There was no reason for the White House to go out of its way to excessively heap praise on the VP today. I mean, at at the exact same time that the briefing is going on, everybody knows the vice president's having lunch with the president. Of course, everybody wants to know, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall to hear if they're talking about whether he's running, et cetera, et cetera. But Josh Ernest said and went very specifically to say that the best decision that ever was made by President Obama was seven years ago to add Joe Biden to the ticket as his running mate. They're quoting here, that was the smartest decision he, Obama, ever made in politics, Ernest said. And it wasn't an endorsement, but he, he Ernest, didn't have to say it like that. He didn't have to then go on to say, you know, you, you could make the argument that there's probably nobody in American politics today who has a better understanding of what you need to run a national campaign than Biden. And so it's not that I, I, I thought that they were endorsing today, but just to me, that that wasn't throwing cold water. That was almost throwing gasoline on the Biden fire. And then you ask yourself, why would they do that? Are, you because know, they, they realize she's so pathetically weakened by all of this that they don't think she's viable. And, you know, for for Josh Ernest to say the smartest decision he ever made and then go on to say, uh, which I thought was even more interesting about the, weed, the, the meeting between the two of them. And I think uh, that's. Should give you some of the president's view of Vice President Biden's aptitude for the job to add Joe Biden to the ticket as his running mate was the smartest decision he ever made for the top job. He's talking about it's almost like they want to screw with the Clintons. Yeah, that's uh, I I was wondering the same thing here. I'm not ready to jump out and say Biden is going to run. But to me, all the signs are certainly there. Biden's running. Yeah, And that he's ready to go and an announcement will happen next month. But. Uh, we'll have to wait. Well, and you see know it. how else you know is is the Clintons brought poor James Carville back from mothballs uh, out of vacation, and and now the war room's back in play, and he's blasting Uncle Joe Biden's lousy losing record.
Well, uh, listen, if Biden gets in, I don't expect the the uh, the Clinton team to play just sort of hands off kind of stuff. They play to win. Uh, and, and like I still think, for example, if Bernie Sanders represents a threat to them, uh, that they will still push to fight him on whether or not he gets on the ballot in New Hampshire. I, I still think that the Clinton team hasn't really turned they haven't really turned the ignition on yet. They've done a lot of organizational work in New Hampshire and Iowa and other states, but they haven't really turned things on if they want to. Well, there's another problem. The Washington Examiner uh, today put out a timeline that suggests that Hillary may have had a second server that exists out there. Anyway, they have conflicting accounts in terms of when data was removed from the private server. It indicates copies of emails known to contain classified information may reside on a device other than the one the present, that's presently in the hands of the FBI. She may have printed out 55,000 pages of 33 or 30,000 emails for submission to the State Department from a different device than the one that the, the FBI is presently studying and has in custody. That's a problem. Again, as uh, as I said to you when this happened, uh, having the FBI involved is just simply not good. I don't know if this is going to bring her down, but I am certain of one thing. The Clinton people would rather not have it at this point, at this time. You think? <laughs> that, that goes without I saying. I mean, it's just one of those things that could, it's just going to stick around. We've got another batch of emails that will be released a week from today that will add even more fuel to it. Uh, obviously, then we're going to have the uh, her appear before lawmakers in October. This story just doesn't go away. I don't think it goes away for a long, long time. Now, the other problem she has is what the law actually says, and the law is pretty clear. Uh, 18 U.S. Code 2071. She would not be allowed to run for office if, in fact, she did any of the following things, right? Uh, listen, uh, I, I think that there, to me, if you read the law directly, uh, there is trouble for. But at the same time, again, I'll just say, I've covered the Clintons for a long, long time, and it doesn't always turn out the way you think it's going to go. Let's see what happens. That, again, that the FBI being phenomenon. involved is just not a good thing for her. Let me read. This is Mukasey. Let me read from paragraph A and B. from He's the 18, former attorney general former of the Bush administration. From, from 2007 to 2009. Yeah. 18 U.S. Code 2071. And it actually, paragraph A and B, deals with concealment, removal, mutilation of records, and in addition to possible fine and imprisonment, a person who violates that code, which she certainly did, shall forfeit their office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that would be and include the office of the presidency. One would think that would be included. That yes. would be included. So that means, so she's got big legal trouble. And here's the other part. The person at the FBI that's investigating all of this is the same guy, I'm talking about the physical server aspect of this, mm -hmm. it's the same guy that investigated David Petraeus. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. To me, that's the case to look at and to see what they did with Petraeus. Uh, I could see something similar along those lines. But it, it'll depend uh, if they keep finding an awful lot of information. Yeah, uh, this it, it could go the wrong way for you. You're absolutely right. How great were those three American heroes in France? Yeah, wasn't that something? That was Just amazing. amazing. Yeah, they were great. That's one of the good stories of the day. Um, in the Republican side, did you read all these articles about how the establishment is plotting and planning and scheming to, to crush Trump? Well, they can plot and plan and scheme all they want. I think that uh, probably still the best way for the establishment to get back sort of the control of the race at some point is for the field to get winnowed down. 
Um, I, I, you know, Trump, I think, can do very well in a 15-person field. As it gets smaller along the way, uh, that'll be, to me, more interesting. The next big inflection point, really, in this race for the Republicans will be the next debate. I mean, it's it's theoretically possible that there could be some issue that drops on us in the next four weeks that changes the direction of the race. But really, I think it's going to be more who can step up at that next debate. I, I mean, Scott Walker, for example, has not had the best last few weeks or anything like that. And he's had a series of different answers about the whole 14th, 14th Amendment. Amendment. I was surprised that now he's not taking a position on it. Yeah, he's done that on a, on a number of issues at different times. And um, look, uh, I, I just think that there are certain certain times that candidates do well, things run for them. And at other times, the water just runs the wrong way for you. And Scott Walker needs to turn that around. Maybe he gets his chance at the next debate. How many times have I said in five and a half months, it's an eternity in politics. Oh. People will trip and fall and st- stumble. Some recover and some never recover. Look, today, I think, is a very good example of the last few days, the markets. Uh, a week ago, I'm not sure we would have said that that would be a big issue we'd be discussing. But it's a reminder that between now and it's not this November, it's the next November, anything could happen. Any other issue could come up. One other quick thing about the Republican race. Uh, Rick Perry's Iowa chairman has stepped down and quit uh, in Iowa, and I think it's just another difficult day for him in terms of news coverage. You you think because of the money situation that they've been reporting on that he's not paying people that this might be the end? Uh, I don't know if it's the end. I can't see him giving up. But then again, he got out early last time when he recognized that he was having difficulty. I just got a, an advisory. He's going to be, I think it was in South Carolina, campaigning later this week or next. You know, it's uh, he does have a great record. Maybe, you know, it's kind of maybe the system is is just tough and not fair in the sense that, you know, he was the front runner for a short period of time, and that one little stumble in a debate, boy, can really change the trajectory of one's campaign. That's why I said that next debate, that may, you know, give us an indication of something happening for somebody or happening negative for somebody else. Everybody's going to be watching Trump. Everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jamie, how was your vacation? Uh, it was fantastic. I read a few books, uh, relaxed. It was great. Only uh, subjected my children to one um, boring thing. We took them to the state capital in North Carolina to visit there. It was pretty Is good. Is that where you went on vacation? I'm going to North no, Carolina No, we ended soon. up down in Florida. I read. Uh, I, I thought you'd be interested. I read uh, two books. I read a biography of William Howard Taft and one of Woodrow Wilson. Uh, that's awesome. Woodrow Wilson, the, the number one leading socialist who got this mess started. He played golf every day almost. Yeah, isn't like, it sort of sounds like Obama. No, no, it puts Obama to shame, let me tell you. Oh, well, he, he probably was as bad as Obama in terms of his advancement of the socialist state. In golf, he was uh, basically every day he got up and he went and played golf five, six days a week. I, I would say we'd have a pretty outraged reaction if that was the case today. It's kind of Obama's back from vacation now to ram the Iranian deal down our throat. I'd rather he go back on vacation. Uh, well, he went out to Vegas. He's on the Strip uh, just about now giving a, a speech on clean energy. That's his Yeah, I'm sure everybody today. in Vegas is there to hear about clean energy. Mandalay Bay. You never yeah. know. You never know, Sean. All right, Jamie. Thank you. Good to be Welcome back. Welcome back. See you, buddy. All right. Uh, hey, listen, like many of you, I don't sleep that well, and I found a solution I want to share with you because it's improved my life, the quality of my life dramatically. And that, believe it or not, it just comes from one pillow. I met Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. He fitted me for my very first my pillow. I now have four of them. I now fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and I have the most comfortable sleep I've ever had. 
Uh, you can get your very own MyPillow at MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Mention my name, Hannity. You get two for the price of one. You'll discover why MyPillow is the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty. Don't spend one more sleepless night on a pillow that does not work for you. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090. Promo code Hannity. You get two for the price of one. That means you'll start getting the kind of restful, comfortable, deep-healing sleep you deserve. It'll change your life. MyPillow.com. Promo code Hannity. 800-919-6090. MyPillow.com. John Hannity. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.